You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I am DJ Impact, and I got a couple of the bad boys here with me. And uh, I know we're. We're kind of throwing you off a little bit because we started a little earlier. We're and not just throwing them off. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, uh, but uh, that happens, right? So, um, uh, welcome everybody to the uh, to um, to Vegas Bad Boys, and yes, we we're trying something uh, a little different. It definitely will allow all of our uh, East Coast. Uh, listeners to uh, check us out at a decent time instead of uh, starting at 11 p.m. So uh, we welcome you all for for jumping on. Hey, hang out with us today. We're gonna we're about to get into our wrestling talk. We're gonna go over some of this past week's uh, wrestling shows and give us your, uh, our uh, give you our thoughts about that. But we most importantly we want to hear your thoughts. Jump on the Facebook chat right now. Go to to uh, uh, your messenger. Or if you're not sure how to do that, just if you're following us on uh, Facebook, you should be able to just uh, click on to our live stream and then you'll have access to the message chat. So um, follow us along because as we see those funny comments and good comments come in, we will throw them in. All right. So, uh, again, welcome to another uh, episode. Right after this, we're going to go into our three count and you're going to want to hang in to hear those topics as well. Three Count airs on Tuesdays on our podcast, and our wrestling talk airs on Monday. So if you're not able to hang out for the whole show tonight, or today, depending on where you're at, um, you can download it tomorrow morning and hear the entire show. All right, fellas, let's get right into it. Monday Night Raw this past week. Uh, What's your take on it? Let me just say this first. Because I know what you're thinking, Steve, and we say the same things practically every week. But here's the funny thing. So I, because of my in, insane work schedule, I never watch Raw on Mondays. I watch them normally when it, either today or uh, on Saturdays. The weekends is when I get to it. So when I started, uh, most of the time, I, a three-hour show is now knocked down to about an hour and 20 minutes just fast-forwarding. Um, I watch all the back uh, backstage uh, interviews, uh, all the uh, all of the uh, matches that catches my my interest. And I tell you, when you do that, Raw is a great show, right? You done knocked it down to um, well, hey, 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 easy. It is, <laughs> it is, Steve. Um, it is when you when you have it in in those terms. I we've always said that three hours is too long. All right. But if you were to knock the show down to one hour, yeah, it'd be great. But then you're also going to have an issue of probably more unemployed 
wrestlers, right? Which we're going to end up talking about later in our three count. So, you know, what do you do? How do you have that sort of happy medium? Because I didn't find Raw to be that bad after I went through fast-forwarding and watching what I watched. I could be wrong, but what's your guys' take on the show overall? I just feel like as if I've been watching the same show for the last month. I mean, typically it's, you know, uh, it's just been a nonstop sea of rematches. Um, I do uh, just want to throw out a couple of things. Um, obviously they're angling for, I'm guessing a three-way, um, if the, uh, the Nikki Cross, Charlotte and, uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, storyline is, you know, uh, is going to proceed logically. Um, obviously, uh, having, I don't think that they're going to put Nikki into, you know, uh, a pay-per-view, uh, and I hope not, but that's probably what will end up happening. Um, she'll end up getting put into the three-way, uh, making the making the match a three-way. She she will obviously eat the finish so that it won't harm um, Rhea or Charlotte. Um, it, yeah, I mean this this was this was not exactly my uh, my favorite way to start off Raw. Um, obviously, the Miz TV segment and uh, John Morrison talking about his drip stick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Which is, which is now copyrighted. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. I, oh, man. And and we did find out that finally, after all these years, that Miz actually is injured. Um, so I, I wonder if that happened. You know, obviously, um, I think well, that the, it was. It was those zombies. I, 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 I was going to say, I mean, maybe a zombie took a big old chunk out of one of his knees or something, you know? <laughs> No, it, it, in all seriousness, he's uh, supposedly has a uh, torn ACL. So, uh, what, what, what is really funny, Steve, is that the way you phrased it made it sound like you were happy he finally got injured after all these years. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Listen no, to it, it back; it's it's pretty funny. That's funny. Right. Yeah, it, it, in in all seriousness, Miz is one of the um, he's he's one of the safest competitors that WWE has ever had, and uh, it does suck that he is going to be out of in rank competition for a little while. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, he's going to be able to do things like this with the Miz TV, with you know cutting promos. Um, so I think that it's going to kind of solidify his character work even more. So. Yeah, yeah, take that as you will. It all depends on how how they choose to go down the path with his character work. Um, you know, if he's getting uh, if he's going to be comic relief, um, getting destroyed week in and week out, or you know, whatever the situation is. I don't know if I'm too on board with that, but yeah. Um, elsewhere, um, one thing that I do have to applaud is the uh, the stuff that they're doing right now with uh, Randy Orton, Riddle, and uh, to an extent, Xavier Woods. Um, if you look at last week and this week, um, Xavier Woods and Riddle had the best match on the show last week. Um, I agree. I think, I think that because, because of um, you know me being so disgruntled about three hours of watch time and you know, the show not meeting expectations. I didn't give that match. It's just due last week. So, you know, I, I, 
I have to put that over a bit. Um, and then obviously this week, it's obvious that Randy Orton is engaged in a in a program that he is enjoying um, because he is he's embracing everything and he looks like he's actually having fun with this. So we'll see where uh, you know where this tag team of RK Bro goes from here. But um, obviously, um, you know the common denominator in both of these matches um, were was Xavier Woods, and yeah. I think that, I think that everybody. For the longest time, uh, the New Day has always been about Big E and Kofi and Xavier Woods, obviously because of injury or whatever the situation was, he was just kind of, you know, the leftover of the group. Um, but I think that it's awesome that he is, um, he's having these great matches on TV on a regular basis at this point. Right. So, you know, I think that it's it's good that we're going to start seeing Xavier Woods kind of, I don't want to say branch out onto his own, but hopefully step out of the shadows a bit um, because he is he's a great worker. He's great on the mic and he just deserves more than what he's gotten. I'm glad that and, you brought that out because I, I thought I thought that last week and I and I meant to to call that out um, during that. I mean, that was really a uh, a great match that he had with Riddle. Oh, yeah. And then again, what we saw uh with Orton, he's definitely been putting. I, I've never thought. I guess when you have three guys, right? You, someone's going to be the one that's not going to get as much props. I mean, Kofi's been there for for a long time, and of course, Big E is a is a beast. So where does that put Xavier? But I've always thought he was he's he was he's been a great wrestler. He just never get that time to shine, you know. And it's exactly. good now that we actually seeing that. So. Just want to second your uh, thoughts on that. Definitely. Um, yeah, uh, Michaels. I don't know if you have uh, you know anything that you want to kind of throw out, but I mean, it's uh, it it just seemed like a regular show for me. I mean, it it, it was very very missable, unfortunately. Well, they're they're kind of caught in this you know trap leading up to the pay per view, um, and. You know, the reason we're seeing a lot of that, you know, repeat stuff is because um, it doesn't seem like they have fully resolved. I, let's put it this way. SummerSlam just got announced. So now I think that after Hell in a Cell, they can finally start moving forward with a little bit of these things. Um, was Seamus did double duty and broke his fucking nose. So there's that. Right. Um, so if you're going to put people in double duty, that's what the risk you're taking. Yeah. Um, the, we, we get to see Mason T-Bar just destroy Lucha house party, which was delight. <laughs> just, that was, that was nice. Right. Uh, Reginald, Reginald and Shayna actually have a good match. I, I agree with that. It was a good match. It was. Um, and then. To you know, have the uh, the pyro go off to cost her the victory. That makes sense because of the fact that hell, Reginald should not be beating her without anything, right? You know, interfering. Exactly. Yeah, but that also set up that wonderful beatdown that Shayna gave him in Alexa's playground, which was <laughs> not. Um, which should be very interesting to what the hell is going to happen this week and uh, how we're going to see uh, what they're doing with uh, Alexa and this Lily 
you know, Dow, uh, especially with uh, Conjuring uh, 3 opening up this weekend, you're probably going to see, I bet you, some kind of sponsorship or uh, some kind of tie-in using that supernatural uh, angle. Um, and uh, uh, is I mean, everyone's, uh, well, uh, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose uh, finally got rid of Lana forever. So that was nice. <laughs> the only thing I regret is that before they uh, fired her, they didn't pull a uh, loser uh, has their head shaved match. That would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> and that would have been kind of pentance for me having to sit through a lot of matches for all that time. Uh, then we got to see Cedric and uh, Sheldon again. I mean, who didn't want to see that again, especially in a squash match now that makes no fucking sense at all. So that was good. And uh, you guys are uh, excited. Well, Elias and Riker, they broke up apparently. Yeah. I can't um, wait for those five star classics. <laughs> I can't wait for those. I I don't understand. I I think that when Vince fired uh, when he fired Alistair Black, he thought he was firing Riker. <laughs> Probably that sounds about right. So yeah. Um. So we'll see what the fuck happens. But I bet you that those two guys might be on that uh, potential list of you know salaries the career down the line yeah um and uh of course we get a wonderful pay-per-view rematch of bobby lashley and drew mcintyre and if you, you fucks don't think i was right for the longest time saying these two just fucking absolutely suck watching these two over and over and over again come on come on are you not sick of it you know, I, I was I was hoping they were going to go a different direction on Monday and giving Kofi the win. Not to say he was going to beat Bobby, but at least have this a different match. I was hoping that. But, when I, yeah. but I was like, okay, yeah, we're doing it again. So uh, so, and then, so that leaves um, because we have no f- – uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I guess that their their figuring might be that okay, the hell in the cell itself is a good blow off match for those two to have, because after you go there, what else can you do that is more extreme than that, right? Right. There's your justification. Is it going to suck watching them wrestle again? Yeah. So they should have gone Kofi, but yeah. Um, but on another note, though. I did a little research and found out that on May 31st, which was Raw, was May 31st, was on uh, Memorial Day. Yeah. There was a Raw episode on May 31st, 1999, and this was the card. You had the uh, AEW matchup of the Big Show defeating Billy Gunn via countout. How about that to start off the show? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then AEW's own Christian was defeated by Beaver Cleavage. So, Steve, you guys got a huge fucking signing there with Christian. <laughs> you know, the guy who was losing matches to Beaver Cleavage. <laughs> so your first two. It, I mean, it, you, you can you can cherry you can cherry pick anybody's anybody's 
any match from anybody's wrestling history and throw it out there. I mean, it is what it is. Except this was you know? Beaver Cleavage. He had, I think, a total of two matches. Right. <laughs> Until everybody caught on that it was a fucking incest angle and then dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so there you go. Three, three AEW uh, talent, de- you know, having matches in the first uh, part of Raw there. But we also uh, get... Uh, Jeff Jarrett, who was uh, accompanied by the beautiful Deborah, um, who uh, can does, does anyone ever bring up Deborah anymore? Which is funny, no one does. No. Uh, Jeff Jarrett defeated uh, the Godfather for the uh, internet, or he was, yeah, he won the IC belt. So uh, Jeff uh, defeated, yeah, the Godfather. Um, and then we get this weird Vince McMahon defeats the Undertaker by DQ. In uh, two minutes twelve seconds, um, so you can see it was it was it was a pretty hot show, leading up to the Road Dog defeating the Big Boss Man by DQ. So we've had a countout, a DQ, and a DQ within the first six matches. How about that? And all you fucks who like to complain how bad Raw is now. <laughs> Listen to the. I mean, this is serious, right? Right. Uh, the Ac- the acolytes defeated X Pac and Kane to win the tag team champions uh, championship. Then you had Val Venus with Nicole Bass in his corner, and he defeats Ken Shamrock. So, pretty impressive, right? Triple H with China defeats Mankind in a hardcore match. And finally, Steve Austin defense, defeats The Undertaker, who apparently had double duty in a DQ uh, for the uh, championship. So Austin retains his championship by DQ. That is three DQs and a countout on that show. And then huge wins for Val Venus, the Acolytes winning the tag championship, the Road Dog beating Bossman, and uh, Jeff Jarrett winning the belt. Uh, from the Godfather, and of course, Beaver Cleavage, who was accompanied by his mom, Mrs. Cleavage, <laughs> who he was fucking. So there you go. If if y'all think that Ross sucks now, and the Attitude Era was so great, there's your answer. And the Austin Undertaker match was seven minutes and fifteen seconds. Triple H's uh, match with Mankind was six minutes thirty-two seconds. Every single other match clocked in at under five minutes. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. 22 years later, I mean, was the Attitude Era really that good? I don't know. Well, again, I think everybody is just – all they remember is – a few highlights of that time, and then they take those few highlights and yep. make it seem like that entire era was the best. Yep. <laughs> you know which what is, I mean? Which is, which is exactly the brilliance of the WWE having control of the narrative because most of the fans who either think it was great don't go, you know, and, and, grew up during that time or, or, you know, were around during that time, they don't go back and watch those episodes, right? right? So a lot of it is the highlight 
you know, packages that they continuously put together in new mm-hmm. forms, you know, right. Uh, Austin's, you know, 20 best moments or stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So that's what the kids see, mm-hmm. you know, and with that, it's a misconception that that was the best time in wrestling because you're, if you're a kid, you're hearing it from your parents. And then what you're watching are these highlight shows. Yeah. It's always going to be romanticized at the best time in wrestling, and it wasn't. Yeah, good points. Good points there. People tend to look back on that time period with rose-colored glasses. Um, I mean, I, I think I think Impact hit the nail directly on the head. Um, there are those highlight moments, those game-changing events that happened, um, and it just so happened that they occurred when 6 million people were watching Raw. So, obviously... <laughs> yeah. You know, the the WWE, they struck while the iron was hot. They seized the opportunity. Uh, every single other type of cliche that you can use and put it there. Um, they, they control the narrative. And as is always the case, if you control the narrative, then you can revise history and you can create revisionist history. Um, and yeah, I, that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me that, you know, that that show... Um, was as badly booked as you had, had mentioned. I will say this, though. Uh, you, did, you did mention that there were two title changes that occurred on that, on that show. So realistically speaking, although it wasn't the best booked show, a lot, of, a lot of shit happened. If you look at things in that time period, a lot of things happened on that show compared to now where it seems like we're literally spinning wheels and quite frankly, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody get as many rematches for a main WWE championship than Drew McIntyre. I love Drew. I think he's I think he's a great competitor. I think that he he really can connect with the audience, but it's getting tiresome. It's getting boring having him get a rematch every single fucking pay-per-view. Um it's it's just yeah, it's frustrating. Been saying that since he had the belt. <laughs> I'm just saying. And and it wasn't, it's not that they look through it using rose colored glasses. They look through it using AEW colored glasses. What's that gold? <laughs> no, delusion. Uh, something that you know a lot about. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh, Monday night. Let's jump over right into uh, Tuesday night, which uh, we stay on the WWE train. NXT uh, uh, kicked off that. And so, um, yeah, what did you guys think of that? I I just want to shout out um, uh, Jake Atlas. He did a... Uh, cartwheel DDT off the rope to LA Knight. That to me was just impressive as hell. <laughs> you know, yeah. you see something like that, and that's what makes you re- enjoy watching the product when you can see a move like that, pull it off, and just go, "Man, that is really awesome." Um, and that was also a, a, a great match as well. So, um, you know, that was that that was that was my highlight there. Outside of, of course. Bringing the return of um, Bebe, <laughs> uh, and I thought that whole interaction in the ring uh, between uh, uh, Adam Cole and Karrion Cross was was great. What did he call Adam? He called him a um, 
uh, a gas station attendant, I believe, <laughs> which was just awesome. But you know what? I mean, Adam was coming hard with him, too. He was like, man, they gave you everything, man. They gave you the the entrance, the smoke. You got the girl. I mean, you just they got they they put everything into you, you know. And so, I mean, everything that they they did in that ring was was great. And the fact that um, Cross got hit with a water bottle also made it uh, just as entertaining. Um I don't know. What's some of the uh, highlights from there that you guys uh, took from the show? The opening match was both great and left me a little bit upset. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Really? Here's why. Here's why, though. Okay. Obviously, found out exactly why things ended the way that they did. Now, they did a... The announcers went out of their way to establish that there was no DQ in this match, in the opening match, Pete Dunn, Johnny Gargano, and Kyle O'Reilly. These guys busted ass for 19 minutes, had a great, great kickoff to the show. And how does the match end? Well, Adam Cole runs out, attacks him with a chair, lays him out. Now, how exactly you can reach a no contest type of a finish in a no DQ match still escapes me. Hmm. Obviously, it's it's setting the table for what occurred later in that promo where Cross asked for the Fatal Five-Way at In Your House Takeover. Um, so we'll see where they go from there, but more than so, anything... So to answer your question, and this is a, a, a very uh, good summary of it, that um, uh, you know he laid out uh, O'Reilly, Dunn, Gargano uh, with the last shot, drawing the irate William Regal to emerge and reprimand Cole, though the damage had already been done by the time the general manager arrived on scene, right? So Cole should have never been a part of this. Regal gets pissed off. It's a no contest because the shit hit the fan. But what saves the whole idea is that when uh, Cross goes out there and he, he just basically says, feed me all five. I don't give a fuck. You know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it makes sense in the storytelling to the fact that that's something you don't see. I can't name an instance where you had guys laid out, the match was was ended by a guy who was not involved in the match in an ODQ, right? So he didn't show any alliance to anyone. So technically, you couldn't DQ like Gargano because he sided with Gargano. He literally took out all three of them. Right. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck are you going to do when all three guys are taking out of this match? And in the end, Cross wants them all. Regal gives them all, and we're going to get one fucking ridiculous match because they don't really do fatal five ways anymore. No. Right. Yeah. So um, I got a feeling Kyle O'Reilly just, he might die in this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. Um, yeah, I just I, I have to I have to give it to those three. Um, they they started the show off with a bang. I I I know I get what you're saying as far as the finish. 
Um, and yes, it played in. I just, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of long matches with no real conclusion to that specific match. Um, I've called it out for AEW. I've called it out for WWE. Um, I just, I, you know, the, that finish just left, left me wanting, um, a little bit and, uh, not in a good way. So, um, other than that, man, the, the main event was also pretty fucking solid. Um, obviously MSK versus, uh, Legato del Fantasma, um, MSK, uh, take advantage of the, um, the distraction mm-hmm. by Bronson Reed as he just soon, like <laughs> crushed Nami just destroyed <laughs> Santos Escobar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, MSK capitalized, they hit their finish and uh, they pick up the win. From the way that the show ended, it it obviously looks like as if we're cruising for, you know, a six-man type of a feud uh, with Bronson Reed and MSK versus Legado del Fantasma. I'm fine with it. All six of these guys are very solid in the ring. Um, and, yeah, it, it, should be, it should be good to see how this stuff unfolds. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we also... Um... You know, talking about Jake Atlas and LA Knight, that's where we uh, get to see that it looks like maybe Ted DiBiase is leaning towards Cameron Grimes. So who knows? Or, Or what if the script gets completely flipped and the one to take over the legacy of the million dollar man, maybe Jake Atlas. I was hoping you were saying maybe it was Ted Jr. Well, you know, he does come from money. <laughs> I just think that would be just a perfect way to just reintroduce uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. into the mix. <sighs> um, <laughs> try, try that again, huh? Oh, boy. <laughs> and we did see uh, uh, Zoe and uh, Zeta put in a pretty decent match against the way. Yeah. Um, which was nice. Um, they protected Zoe in that one too by uh, having Zay to take up the take up the loss. So, um, yeah. I mean, overall, once again, good show. Yeah, it it was fire from the beginning. You know, it just um, it was a uh, it, it was a great show overall. Let's move right over into uh, Wednesday night. We have the uh, one of the best promotions putting on shows during the week aew so uh what's your take uh sin city what what's what stood out to you out of the entire show what was like this won the match this won my interest of the night which aew show did you watch on wednesday oh they that's right they moved didn't they <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Dynamite was on Friday this week um, yeah. because uh, it was preempted, um, which I but think they're, that, But they're going but they going to start going Fridays, right? That's, is that, oh, no, the new show going to start going Fridays. The new show is going to be on Friday. But Dynamite will stay on Wednesdays. Dynamite right. will stay on okay. Wednesday, okay. but it's, yeah. it's going to be on TBS. This is just because of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, let's do it. Um, 
Yeah. So um, as far as uh, what got us kicked off, um, Young Bucks and Pac and Penta, um, you know the names, you know what to expect. And quite frankly, it was it was a pretty solid match, um, except uh, obviously Young Bucks picking up the uh, the win in about 12 minutes. Um, realistically, Steve, yes. Steve, in that 12 minutes, um, how come in a tag match, the Bucks are in the ring together for 11 minutes and 59 seconds of the match? And they do that in every fucking match. They're not a tag team. They're a double team. Ooh. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. You know, the, um, the way that they are choosing to run their, their tag division with their, uh, how should we say, uh, very uh, lax tag team rules um, where, you know, I, they basically have done away with the standard five count um, where after, obviously, if you make a tag, you have to get out of the ring in five seconds. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that's a valid that's a valid comment. Obviously, you know, I know that you're being extremely hyperbolic by saying 11 minutes, 59 seconds. Um, but I, this is one of those rare occasions, Matt Michaels, that I will agree with you. Um, I think that, you know, they're, they might as well just make these damn things tornado tags and just establish that right from the beginning. Um, but yeah, um, realistically i mean we all kind of assumed that this would be the outcome of this match um but nonetheless all four guys brought it very solid match i i i have to talk about another match where there were four people in the match and it didn't it didn't get me although the the outcome of the match was correct the outcome of the match was correct Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus Anthony Agogo and QT Marshall. And of course, Cody Rhodes cannot lose a singles match on a pay-per-view, but he can lose in a meaningless tag team match. Right. And yeah, man. I... Does he not think well, that that's, that that's obvious to a lot of people and that he, he should change that, but he seemed like he doesn't want to, he just wants to, he likes it that way, which is, which should not be what AEW is about, right? They're supposed to be sort of different from the way the booking is from that other promotion. Because that's what they get blamed for doing. And the the thing is, um, I, I was doing some research, um, you know, reading what people thought about uh, the show. And this match in particular, uh, Wade Keller of the Pro Wrestling Torch actually summed up everything that I thought or a lot of things that, that I think about with, with in regards to QT Marshall. He says, I'm sorry, but QT Marshall still comes across as someone who never gets on a national wrestling TV show if he's not in tight with people in power. There you go. It, it's him, it, him, and, him and Luther. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, so the thing is, I, I always take a lot of heat for being an AEW mark on the show, which that's fine. I'll, I'll carry that cross. That's not a problem. But. When I see and pick up on certain things such as this, I have to call it out. Otherwise, that's that's me having cognitive dissonance, and I'm not going to I'm not going to just look past these things. Um, you know this this feud with the Nightmare Factory versus the Nightmare Family just needs 
it, it needs to end. It needs whatever. Just get us to hopefully all out is the end of this shit and just get it done. Be over, like, end it, please. Because You're talking about the whole company? <laughs> shit. No, the two nightmare factions. <laughs> No, like it, it, it really, you know, it really yeah. doesn't do a whole hell of a lot. Um, obviously, uh, we also, right before this match, we did have the uh, interesting debut of Andrade El Idolo. Okay. <laughs> what should have been, what should have been a more impactful, no pun intended, debut for Andrade almost felt like an afterthought. You have Mark Henry in the center of the ring. He's talking about what he's going to do in AEW. And then you have Vicky Guerrero come out. Okay. Then she does her thing. She introduces Andrade El Idolo. Okay, great. No music, no response, no Tron, nothing. He just walks out there like as if he just signed his contract earlier that day. So Mark Henry walks out, no music, but has a, a, a video package. Andrade comes out with no music and no video package. <laughs> it was just back-to-back weird of like, like what's going on here? Like it's... Th- the only thing that I can figure is that someone in production missed their cue. That, like that's that's the only thing that I can. But figure. they didn't. But they didn't play any music when they were leaving either. Yeah. I. I so I there don't. was no miss cue. There was just no fucking music. And that to me is isn't that lazy? Like how can that that even be allowed? Like how? I don't know. Because your boss is on coke. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's I, I was yeah. Yeah, and how how often do we see this where somebody, especially with AEW, somebody makes a debut and it ends up coming off extremely flat? Well, at least I, we we know his name because he showed us the inside of his jacket. <laughs> they, and, and this not is even the, the announcers picked up on that. No, no, because they're in their own fuck. And you know, uh, well, from where they angled, they probably didn't even see it. I mean, they're blocked by half of the stage. They got there. I've never seen announcers with limited view. <laughs> to make it worse, Excalibur's got a mask over his eyes. <laughs> so it's interesting, though, because here here's the, what I picked up on that I think is sums up the problem with AEW beautifully. You have this where you have Mark Henry, who's not going to be really a wrestler to your company, but it's going to leave the door open, whatever. <laughs> and then you bring out Andrade to Vicky Guerrero because, okay, whatever. But after that, we get the um, promo with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Instead of hiring these WWE retreads that aren't 
as big as everyone wants to make them out to be. They're not Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. They're fucking, you know, uh, you know, the Duke the Drumster Jumpster, you know. That's essentially what half these guys are. You take a guy like Ethan Page, look at what he's doing. He's fucking good. And he's not getting the emphasis. These guys aren't getting the same emphasis as these WWE signees. Stop it. Stop with this WWE signees bullshit. Go back to what you started your company on. Yeah. And that is we're going to give you, you know, wrestlers, the best wrestling from around the world and, you know, and the inclusiveness and blah, blah, blah. And basically... They are becoming WCW in 1996, and you know what's going to happen at some point when guys leave their fucking company and they go to the other company, guess who are going to become your next Steve Austins, your next Mankinds? It's all of your AEW guys. You guys just conveniently let go because you spent so much money signing the other guys from WWE. And if you can't make it in the wwe then you're probably not going to elevate much higher in aew you know moxley hadn't made it everyone knew who dean ambrose was andrade not so much and you want to hang your hat on you know the fact that oh but he was an nxt champion he didn't do jack squat and it wasn't because he isn't talented it's because he's stuck in a situation where you heard his english andrade english good maybe so that's a good time for me to go ahead and jump in with both comments that i see on our our, our chat here shant said but hey we finally get to find out that andrade can speak english yet another reason that vince is out of touch with his roster Sean, <laughs> Sean. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, seriously. Seriously, he can't speak English. You heard the promo. He had to get through that with basic words. He's been brushing up on English since, like, right before he kind of got off of TV there because Charlotte was fucking helping him, trying to get him because she knows if you can't speak English, you can't be on their TV, period. Yeah. Sean says, um, and this is into response of the no, no music. He says, I got a different feel with the no music. Do you remember when the million dollar man didn't have music? I kind of liked it. And you would just watch the crowd rise to see him as he walked the aisle, which I remember. Yeah. But, but, you know, the did way you, AE, you, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Eve even said, did you see the crowd rise? <laughs> right. You can give them no music, but you got to be someone to get a fucking response. Right. I, th I think the biggest, the biggest problem is that realistically, what, what do a lot of the people in attendance, how do they know Andrade? Uh, most of them aren't going to know him for his work as La Sombra. They're not going to know him from his exploits outside of WWE or NXT. They're mainly going to know him for how he was used and what kind of a character he was in WWE. Let's be real. And how was he used in WWE? Poorly. Extremely poorly. So 
you have this mid card guy coming in to AEW, yet another yet another mid card to upper mid card guy, and realistically, I think that we could very well start to see a little bit of pushback uh, from from fans if they continue just to bring in a revolving door of ex WWE wrestlers into their roster. I, I definitely think that that's something that we de- that we could see um, as you know fans. You hit the nail on the head, Michaels. I can't believe. I mean, I'm by the time that this show's over, I'm probably gonna have to like check my temperature or something <laughs> because I'm probably fucking ill because you know, I'm agreeing with you more than once. It's gonna be like the crying game scene where you're just gonna f- just be puking in a toilet, looking back, feeling dirty. I already feel dirty by even admitting that I'm agreeing with you. And by the way, Shant is not happy with you either, Sin City. So get it together. Hey, man. <laughs> what can I say? It, so obviously all of all of that stuff, it is what it is. They just have to stop prioritizing names from the other company and build the the talent that they have. Honestly, right. yeah, they have they have a great talent roster. Quite frankly, they have more people on the roster than they know what to do with. And everybody's been talking about all these budget cuts and everything that WWE has had to do. Let's be honest. AEW is going to probably have to do some budget, some budget cutting themselves. And that's that's the elephant in the room that no one wants to even look at no one wants to even consider but it's something that is going to have to happen yeah one of the funny comments chris what's up chris welcome to the show he says steve agreeing with michaels is going to cause him to sit in the shower floor for a very long time hashtag feel so dirty uh (laughs) um so the inner circle comes out and i guess Jake Hager decided that he wanted to announce he wanted to have a, an MMA style of a match now with uh, with Warlow in two weeks. So is that is that some sort of a new AEW gimmick here to bring MMA into style into the uh, ring? Uh, what, what do you think about this? Well, I, so of course they've been promoting his Bellator fights, so it doesn't it doesn't necessarily surprise me that they're going to go this route. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it is what it is. I mean, it's two hosses that are going to be beating the shit out of each other in a worked format. Mm. Yeah, but you know what's really funny, Steve? You just tore into the fact that, boy, we're seeing Drew and Lashley again. Well, what the fuck are we seeing between the inner circle and the uh, pinnacle? It's the same fucking thing. Same shit. Same shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, with them saying that it's never going to be over, blah, blah, blah. It, in the back of my mind, I'm just saying, please, God, let it be over. <laughs> just just find something else for let, one of Can I ask you a question? Do. Did, you, did you not think that the whole purpose of them having the stadium stampede was if, if the inner circle was to lose, they were forced to break up? Yeah. What did you not think that that was kind of the direction it was going to go and the direction that they should have went? Why did they maintain the the group? 
so here's here's the thing is obviously they're they're prescribing to the age-old pro wrestling 101 format of best of three series or at least that's what i'm hoping because obviously the pinnacle got the win at blood and guts um and inner circle got the win at stadium stampede so realistically they're one and one so i'm hoping that at all out they have their you know their final match um again you know with the two teams against one another and at that point that needs to be the blow off they do not need to continue this anytime after all out the only problem is and this is like where you work yourself in a corner well they had a fucking war games match and an empty stadium match. So how do you do a blow off that tops that? <laughs> maybe, hey, may, maybe you get impact to buy some more bombs and do another exploding ring match. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I say they all take monster trucks on top of a fucking building and try to ram each other off because that's about where we're at with this. <laughs> or... Or since we already did, bro, bro, we already did one steel cage match. What if they take one steel cage and then put another one on top of it? <laughs> Wait, but tell but, not, but not only do you do that, you have the two war games. Okay. <laughs> so you got two rings, two war games cages, then a cage on top of that, then a cage on top of that. And it's in the middle of the football field. <laughs> Dude, I'm down. I'm down. And you have snipers on top of the <laughs> fucking stadium shooting at the guys in the ring. So they have to just avoid. And then there's sharks. <laughs> sharks all around the bottom layer. There you go. You're, this is what we call thinking out of the box. I love it. <laughs> Someone write this down. This is good shit. Uncle Bruce, if you're listening, don't do this for WWE. Don't, right. Please, please don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. So, um, Jungle Boy, <laughs> Christian Cage versus Private Party. And when the fuck? I, I know that they're about ready to start the tie-in to the Jericho Cruise. I get that. I, I, I understand that AEW is going to cross-promote with the Chris Jericho Cruise. But why the fuck is part private party wrestling in uniforms? Like <laughs> white button-down shirts and khaki pants. <laughs> Literally, it's like as if they just got done working their shift on Norwegian Cruise Line or Royal Caribbean, and now they're going to go in and fucking get in the ring. Well, no, they're just getting ready for their job on the actual ship because that's where they're going to be working in six months. <laughs> they're going to be on the card. They're going to be serving people because they need to fucking work on the cruise line. Right. I, 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 I mean, I guess that's the dress code for the, uh, what is it, the Hardy family office or whatever the fuck <laughs> he's choosing to call this shit. Yeah. I, it, seriously, most, most of this show, I honestly felt that it was a little bit of a fever dream. Like, am I actually watching AEW right now? Hey, man. AEW's giving us what we want. Matt Hardy versus Christian. I've not seen that match ever in my <laughs> life. Going back to crazy matches, Sean says, hey, let's put the Jericho Cruise ship in the cage. 
<laughs> there you go. I'm down. I like how you think in there. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, and Chris Chris shows uh, uh, throws this out there. He says uh, RoboCop has to come in and save the faces in peril. <laughs> oh. Let's go. Dude, we giving you guys dude. good stuff here. And, and 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 also also good job good job to to Sean for picking up. Let's do the WCW three rings, but put them in a cage, then two rings on top of that, and then David Arquette can win the championship. <laughs> there you go. Why not? Let's do Fuck it. it. Yeah. And it will be revealed that Vince Russo is the higher power all on. By the way, a few chats earlier, you were called, uh, Matt Michael, you were called Vince Russo by Shant. So just so you know that. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, bro. <laughs> Um, you know, a couple, a couple interesting observations. Um, okay. The first is, um, they, (laughs) AEW this week had one of the most distracting things that you can do on a fucking show. It doesn't have to be wrestling, just period. And that is both Nyla and negative one decided it'd be a great idea to chew bubble gum. In the background. And all you see, you, you have the camera focused here and right over shoulder in both shots. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, spit your goddamn bubble gum out. Yeah. And that brings me to what I thought was the worst and saddest fucking thing that you could do to someone like Britt Baker. And that is put her in a fucking promo that was dog shit. It was dog fucking shit. Whoever came up with the burger idea needs to get fucking fired. Yeah. Period. That was awful. I agree. That was fireable. Um, And, you know, you had, not only did you have Naya chewing her gum after, you know, in the background on that, but you also had Luther literally doing this. (laughs) <laughs> I was like what is going on and then like that cast the what did you guys go oh shit that's right we pay all these guys but we never use them so okay you guys are extras tonight get out there it just made no sense Nyla tossing burgers to the fucking audience yeah I was like I wonder how many of them were not happy about that I would not have ketchup thrown on my outfit just because of you <laughs> you know, playing along with this story. I mean, that was insane. The New Day pancakes were not like full, like syrup and right. butter, right? You know, I'm figuring a hamburger. Like, okay, I would assume that a smart prop person would have made sure it's just the basic fucking plain burger. Here you go. But knowing them, they sent a fucking PA out and purchased 50 burgers, right. and they all had all the shit on them, and then it was thrown all over the audience. So it just, it, it really, for for someone who is so good, and is probably one of the few people in that company who, by God, they better lock up to a long-term deal, because if she jumps and her and her husband get together over on the other show... <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. You know, uh, that that was my biggest. It was it was horrible, man. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. But yeah. On, on, really quick on the positive note, though, 
I had to laugh when we saw Mero do a promo and he said his hot wife. But I, I thought that his wife let him, left him for Bobby Lashley. So Right? <laughs> I'm really confused. <sighs> well, I guess we he shall see, I guess he figured he should throw that line in as um, you know, being that uh, you know, what just happened to her. So let me just make her feel good a little bit and say yeah. my hot wife. You know, and well, I'm, it, it's planting it, it's planting the seeds for when AEW sign her and bring her in to be his valet again. Yeah. You notice he didn't say my talented wife. He <laughs> said my hot wife. So that's a big difference right there. There is a difference there. <laughs> well, I mean, realistically, you know, he he's not lying. Yeah. I mean, Mero doesn't tell a lie. <laughs> oh, um, and then obviously, obviously, your main event to this shit show of a of a of a freaking episode of Dynamite, uh, Dustin Rhodes, the young up and comer, getting the win <laughs> over that grizzled old veteran Nick Camarado <sighs> in a bull rope match. What there, the fuck? There was some great there was some great commentary, Steve. We had yeah. Tony Tony Shivani says, So many ways you can get hurt. Obvious rope burns and the cowbell and the middle is so sharp and unforgiving. Wow, Tony, no shit, really? A cowbell sharp and you can get rope burns from a rope? And then JR, of course, he's gotta say and the bell is legal. It's as legal as a headlock. Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's what five straight weeks or so that um, every single episode or pay per view has had blood. Let's yep. just bleed. Let's just bleed. why not? Yeah, it's shit. So blood will make it okay. I think that. I think JR summed up not just this match, but this entire two hour episode of Dynamite when he referred to this match as bowling shoe ugly. Because not just this match was bowling shoe ugly. This entire two hour episode of AEW Dynamite was bowling shoe ugly. Notice Tony, Tony TK didn't uh, do any uh, pretty smart uh, uh, pre-show uh, promos this week, <laughs> and I would have loved to have seen him do that for uh, this show. You know, at least last week's was, you know, watchable. This was bad. It was yeah. But don't well, worry, don't worry. The WWE they gave him ninety days. And then after the 90 days, they will score gold because they'll get Braun Strowman and Aleister Black and um, <laughs> Little Luigi and Bob Smith. And <laughs> those are front office guys, by the way. I'm sure you all know. Sure. Did, didn't didn't Little Luigi win the, the, the Warrior Award or some shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was uh, terminally ill, a 12-year-old who they called him Luigi because he had one of those 12-year-old mustaches that's just growing in. <laughs> wow. 
Always believe. Always believe. <laughs> okay, I'm going to... Uh... The views expressed in this podcast. <laughs> yada, 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 dot, I, dot, dot. I got to make one of those. I keep forgetting to uh, to get that going. Because with Matt Michaels, you always got to have your finger right next to that button. All right. Thanks for that, AEW. Uh... Let's move over to Impact Wrestling. Yay. All right. So um, pretty much the show kicked off with a match that was already um, in motion because you have the BT. Uh, I guess so. I didn't know that BTI uh, before the Impact, they have a show that comes on before then that kind of runs. I guess it's a pre-show uh, to impact now i i guess my is, deep, it, is it called being the impact no before i was gonna say before the impact i was gonna oh, say that okay. they they just straight lifted that shit straight from bte oh that's so funny <laughs> oh, <for laughs> that's so funny <laughs> yeah because i had no idea Yoink. yeah being the impact yeah so they had a um they started a 60 minute iron man match for the x divisional title with uh josh Alexander and um, TJP, which actually was a good match. I now I had to go back to well, I didn't actually record BT, but you know you can find online to find the match, and it was it was really a good match for you know when time impact started, it was about five minutes left into that particular match, and you know I mean they left you wanting to you know hate the fact that you missed the other fifty five minutes of it because the last five minutes was pretty. Entertaining. Uh, TJP had um, at, at the very last minute had uh, got a pin or actually a yeah a submission uh, over Josh to make the 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 um, score one to one, and uh, eventually they had to go into their sudden death match, and eventually Josh Alexander did uh, come out still the X divisional champion, but. Overall, like I say, for the the little bit of the time that you did see, it made you want to go back to see how the other fifty five minutes of that match, and it was really good. You know, they they should have just they should have just made that the entire uh, impact show. Uh, Wait, real yeah. quick. So, um, for forgive me, I didn't watch that show. So mm-hmm. it was it, they just it wasn't like the full match wasn't on the show. Nope. When Impact came on, they was they was within the last five minutes of a sixty minute match because the other part of the show started on uh, BTI. Yeah, which I had no idea. I mean, did they, I don't even know did they promote it? Did they even tell people to watch BTI to even see part of that? Because I didn't catch it at all. Maybe they did, but I didn't. I didn't catch it. So yeah, it, it they should have had that match as part of the main show, you know. But whatever, it is what it is. Um. So you had that. Uh, there was a tag team knockout title match again. Fire and Flavor against Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering again. And again, they have their love for Fire and Flavor because they retain those titles. You know, they do uh, a really good job. I mean, wrestling. They don't really do any, you know, cheating shit or just, you know, it's just regular matches. And they still come out on top. So, I mean, it's it's quite enjoyable. There is a Impact Plus pay-per-view this weekend. 
against all odds. So they thought that they were not going to have a match, but they will be ha- putting up their knockouts title against um, Susan and Kimberly. So we'll see how that goes. It would be awesome if <laughs> if they had them going against uh, Susan and Sue Young. <laughs> that man, if they could figure out how to do that, that actually would be dope. You know, <laughs> they could figure out how to do that. So, so yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, they'll go those Deaners. Deaner. I can't, 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 can't put the S on top. It's just Deaner now. Deaner from Violent by Design. He had his match against who? New Japan Pro Wrestler. Let me, okay. Satoshi Kojima. There we go. <laughs> Kojima, I got, but the first name, you know, I had to make. Okay. So, yes, he, um, yes, he had his match against him. And, of course, uh, Kojima won that one. But, you know, um, it was brought to my attention by my other half that lived with me that he looks like he's about, uh, he's, he's up in age. And I was like, hmm, well, let, let me check that out. And I took, you know, took a look. And, yeah, the guy's 50 years old. <laughs> you know he's 50 years old but hey i mean he did what he did he was able to sell as much as he can the idea of being a winner and uh you know it was it was it was a cool match so we'll see where that goes but what everything of course is leading to mr kenny omega is going to have his match with moose right so this is kind of where the storyline it's already been set in stone that it's going to happen but at the same time i've been telling you guys lately that you know sammy callahan has been name has been thrown around a few times and and sammy's saying look it's no way that people can prepare uh for me or anything so look we need to just go ahead and and have this match um sammy and moose to have this match to say, look, let's just finalize this, that who can go against Kenny. So that's what the uh, last half of the, the show was about, and they had their match. Now, as you know, anything that's dealing with, with Kenny Omega and Don Callis, you automatically know that it will not be a straight-up match, right? <laughs> it's in the Good Brothers. It's, it's, just a, it's just a given. It's not going to be a straight-up match. So, sure enough, during their match, here comes the Good Brothers, here comes Don, here comes Kenny, to interfere in the match. And in doing that, it actually cost Moose the match because it became a DQ. And the DQ now, of course, when that happened, automatically gave Sammy Callahan the win of that DQ match. Okay? So now you got Don, you know, and uh, Scott Demore talking in the back. And Scott's like, well, look, you guys interfered in his match. But Sammy, although you, you got involved and he became a DQ, because of that DQ, Sammy actually beat Moose. Which now puts him into the mix 
with this title match with Omega. So I'm thinking it's going to be a three-way now. Now, of course, Don is saying, nope, it's not in the contract. You know Tony Khan is not going to go for it. So I don't know why you're bringing this up. And then, of course, Scott says, well, next week we'll have on Tony to discuss because I've already oh, reached out to him. Right. <laughs> I've oh, already reached no. out to him, and we're going to have this discussion. So ultimately, we know now it's going to be a three-way. Sammy Callahan, Moose, and Omega is pre, which you already know what the end of the now of that storyline. Because I kept wondering how you're going to kill Moose just straight off. If we're going to stick to the storyline of Omega just winning everything, now we see how it's going to happen. And, and it, starting next week, will it all come together? So great, three way. Great. All right, so that's Impact right there for you guys. Uh, I mean, overall, I mean, Impact's Impact. It's a cool show. I I enjoy it, but this whole thing with Kenny, I, I'm 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 just done with it. They should just block Don from coming. I hope they took his key card away. You know, like someone has to open the door for him. I hope he just don't have access anymore. You know, because <laughs> I'm just I'm tired of seeing him on there now. So yeah, well, well, now you get to see. TK as well, which if you were tired of seeing Don, you know, just can't wait to see. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I, I said no, I don't know. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, and by the way, by the way, it's Impact's World Championship. Why the fuck does AEW have any say in the match? Yep. Yep. I mean, he makes a a horrible champion, by the way. I mean, Kenny, when he comes out, I don't even think, I mean, the guy, don't he he didn't even come out with the Impact title on just to remind people he is the champion. You know, he just strolls out, you know, and and, and of course we know because the commentators tell us that if you were just tuning in and you was watching Kenny Omega, you wouldn't even know he was necessarily the Impact Champion because he doesn't even remind you like, hey, you know, it's about me holding it up. So I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with that whole thing, but whatever. Let's move over into uh, Smack of the Downeth. Uh, <laughs> it was a hot start, dude. Um, it was amazing. Uh, listen. When you start a show off with Christian versus Matt Hardy, you know it's going to be hot. And, and that, oh shit, no, that was that was the other show on Friday. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, so we uh, we have this title match, that tag team title match, and I'll tell you right now, Dominic looked like he was gassed. The youngest motherfucker in the ring looked like he was so gassed by the end. That that finish didn't even come off as that finish because he barely got him over. And after he counted the three, you go back and you look at him. He is literally like like white and just you know, it was like, oh my god, you're so out of shape. And then Roman Roman was brilliant. The line, you just lost to a child was so good. Not to mention, uh, you know, him calling uh, Jay Jimmy, which could have been scripted, but both 
<laughs> both Jimmy and Roman, you can see Jimmy is literally going. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, does he know or is he literally trying to hide his laugh? And even Roman, at, when he, about before he actually laughs and goes into a line, it looks like he's going to fucking crack up. And Heyman, for his credit, is just the whole time in the back over the shoulder, just got that look on his face, like, you know, anticipation. But he didn't break anything. He was cool. Jay was cool. Mm-hmm. So it could have been scripted, but it was fucking fun. Um, especially, you know, having to then go and watch a second fucking Mysterio Usos match. Um, but hey, I, I will gladly pay nine ninety nine a month to watch Roman come out of nowhere and punch Dominic in the face. <laughs> that is worth the Peacock subscription. That is fucking great. Um, what did he tell? Uh, what did he tell Jimmy? He said, "You lost to a child." <laughs> yeah, you lost to a child. That was such a great a lie. Child. I love it. Fucking awesome. Uh, we had a, we had Street Profits cutting a great promo, and then Bo Dallas interrupted them, which was really <laughs> oh, that was Shorty G. I'm I'm sorry. Who is now actually Bo Dallas with the whole believe type bullshit? Um, Bailey laughing on all the screens. Holy crap! Yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Um, you that got shit gold. Was unsettling. Yes. Ab- absolutely unsettling yes and if you notice too it looked like it looked like she's got gray kind of going on in her hair a little bit so it's kind of cool that they're like maybe having her kind of that really unhinged kind of feel to it so Mm -hmm. you know you got gold with her and bianca um the um carmela's entrance really proved that she's more valuable right now as a stripper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a good point, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't know you was going to take it there. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, and then uh, <laughs> the other thing on SmackDown that was uh, phenomenal was uh, Sammy J- Sammy J- Zane coming out uh, and, uh, you know, yelling at KO as he's rolling with his throat fucking hurt. I, God, I, I know that, you know, we talk about seeing guys wrestle over and over and over again, but somehow those two just managed to just keep things feeling like, oh, this, I mean, they've been wrestling <laughs> against each other <laughs> for what, 15 years or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's been a long time if you take their whole scope and, Holy shit, it's it's still kind of, you know, a breath of fresh air. Um, after seeing this whole Aziz and uh I just Apollo Cruz, just come on, guys. As much as you try, they're just not gonna get to that level where it's I don't know, man. It's just yeah, I don't know. That's that I, I just still not sold on the on that whole angle that they're doing with, with Apollo as a character, but um, that's it, man. That, that to me was the show. Those were the things I saw and, you know, stuck out in my mind. Um, and a lot of the show was eaten up by the fact that the Usos and the Mysterios, you know, were given about 
50 minutes of the show, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. So obviously the one thing that mystifies me is this is Pat McAfee has done a great job so far being a new announcer um, to professional wrestling as a whole. The only problem that I have, is he a heel or is he a baby face? That's what I was saying last week, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just have, I have to, I have to call that out again because again, he was talking up King Corbin. And then when Rick Boogs does his thing and starts playing the guitar, McAfee thinks that it's the greatest thing in the world. And he's on top of the desk. Right. <laughs> Which I, I get it that, you know, that you want to use that for a visual, but again, continuity motherfuckers. But, but you know, what you know, what's going on. I said, get on top of the fucking desk and fucking play guitar. You retard. <laughs> and yes, I use the R word. I do apologize, but that is essentially Vince McMahon in your ear telling you, you better get up there. And do what I say. Yeah. So that's my hope. The realistic aspect is no one told him that he needs to be a heel. <laughs> so just go do yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Part part of me thinks that that's the case, but it's like, you know, come on, man. Like, I don't know. If, if you have, if you have your allegiances known, then don't, you know, don't put over the person that's that is feuding with him directly. Yeah. You know, like if, if he's if he's a you know, if he's in the court of King Corbin, then that's fine, whatever. But he shouldn't be going ape shit over Shinsuke or his uh you know, his ring entrance music. True. True. Yeah. Um I dude Roman is just on another level, yeah. head and shoulders above absolutely everybody else, not just on this brand, but in that company. And it's it's astounding to me just how much we as as a fan base, obviously, you know, we uh we had Roman kind of uh forced upon us and um he main evented what four manias in a row, according to that infographic. And obviously they were, they were pushing him as a baby face, but most of the fans were treating him as a heel. And I just find it really interesting that things have now circled back and they've gone completely full circle with the fans chanting Roman sucks at him. Uh, despite his character change, it's just <laughs> masterful, masterful work by him. Um, I, he's, he's definitely to be commended without question. Absolutely. Until the live audience gets in there. Well, that's what I was saying. Also. Yeah. I mean, there, there are definitely ways around that. There are definitely ways around that. Don't have him ever talk in the middle of the room. And, and he can take the, he can even take the approach that, you know, the fans don't deserve to see him speak directly in front of them. Yeah. You know? Because they're all lesser than he is. Yeah. So un- until they until they acknowledge him, he's not going to honor them with his presence. Yep. And his 
he talks i mean because of his character he talks very low anyway so it wouldn't it wouldn't work well if him being him out in the ring with how he has to that pro, that projection being that low and the fans being that loud it, we would barely be able to understand what's being said so i'm hoping they do that right and yeah keep him in the back but i guess we'll see um how that rolls uh cool nothing recorded for ring of honor this week for me so i'm i'm guessing maybe they just didn't uh do a taping or something so um i checked and double checked so um i'm going to pass on over to new japan and i just want to quickly mention there steve that i guess tomorrow um it might be already today in japan but dominion takes place and it is a match for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship uh, with uh, Kazushika Akata against Shingo Takaji. Close, <laughs> but okay, but not not there. <laughs> damn, I thought I was on so point close. too. I was like, damn, listen, listen to me, boy. I'm, I'm. Hey, I'm but you like know what? Punk. Yeah, I, you're getting better. Typically on a weekly basis, I know that. Maybe in another 347 weeks, you'll have the names down. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. But this is an exciting time, right? I mean, depending on who wins this, because then you, you get back to uh, back to the people's business. And, of course, um, Omega still trying to do whatever he wants to do, right, with, with yep. getting that belt. So um, I know you, was, you were thinking that uh, – Okada would be the best for this because I guess it kind of circles a few that they've had before. Do you still stand by that? Without a doubt, man. I think that the logical choice here is to uh, have have Shingo come out of this match looking extremely strong, but you have uh, Okada win the match itself. Um, mm-hmm. That sets the stage for um, Omega to show up and uh, you know lay his claim to the championship. Absolutely. Hey, hey, DJ. Yeah, man. Uh, what was the, uh, what's the company? Uh, New Japan. Now, what was the, uh, did you say Dominion? Oh, uh, that's, the, I guess that's the name of the show, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that the, so that's the one, uh, that's the, the uh, show uh, Hugo Chavez started, right? Dominion? <laughs> I'm gonna to have to say I don't think that's the one, <laughs> but I can see how you could get confused there. And now, by the way, now yeah, Impact, Impact. One thing that um, Dominion is not just a, a one match show, man. Um, lest we forget, in the semi main, it's uh, it's Kota Ibushi against Jeff Cobb. Yes, so yes, that, you're right. That's gonna be that's gonna be a battle. That's going to be a good one. I think that that one actually could steal the show. Yeah. You're right on that one. Um, man, worth, worth trying to watch the show if you can. huh? I guess you just have Definitely. to be up at like 3 in the morning, <laughs> 2 in the morning yeah. maybe. Yeah, it'll, it, it'll, be, it'll be on later, uh, later on Sunday night if yeah. you're uh, watching us live or if you're hearing this on Monday, then, well, yeah. you already probably know who won. <laughs> exactly. And, of course, Shant says that um, 
I'm embarrassing myself. And yes, I am, Shant, with those names. I apologize. And Sean says that DJ Impact is on a Jim Ross level of pronouncing names greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I, I can entertain. All right. Uh, I guess that's all the wrestling, right, that we have. Can't think of anything else that really uh, that took place. So um, if you fellas have anything you want to mention... Yeah, uh, just a quick uh, mention that Mm -hmm. uh, last night at FSW, uh, the Unguided had to uh, give their tag team championships up. Oh. Um, Yep, they had to vacate them. Um, Damian Drake's going to uh, be uh, out for a little bit. And, um, yeah, um, so, uh, you know, everyone uh, keep them in your thoughts. And... uh, know that um he's determined to come back stronger than ever and um uh you know he has a good support system in place um and um you know uh it's it's going to be interesting to see where uh, matt vandergriff goes from here for uh for a little while um and uh yeah you know um i don't know maybe uh joe can open up his pocketbook and uh you know we can get maybe jeff hardy to tag with uh vandergriff for uh, a few months i like that it's hmm. a good idea because matt has been there several times yeah so yeah why not yeah. <laughs> let's do it exactly we've already seen matt hardy there as a champion mm-hmm. as the, the heavyweight champion so let's get let's get jeff hardy uh i'm sure vince would loan jeff hardy to us now, uh, being that uh, Jeff Hardy, I believe, still works for the company. But, <laughs> you know, we see him yeah. as much as we see Edge on TV. So <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah, man. Def- definitely, definitely, um, you know, Damien, get, get well, brother. You know, it's uh, it, it sucks. It sucks that that happened. But, um, yeah, I, I think that I think that, you know, he'll come back stronger than ever, as you had mentioned. And, uh, yeah, it, it will be fun to see a lot of the things that are about to pop off here locally with, uh, you know, people that are in our, our own Vegas community. Um, it's going to be a very interesting time for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that, that is our wrestling talk. If you're watching us, we're going to be back in about five minutes. We're going to start our three count. So definitely jump on to that because we got three good topics. I know that's going to keep you uh, wanting to put your comments and a lot of thank you guys for, uh, for, for, for being a part of the uh, chat tonight. You are on fire. We love seeing you guys every week and we thank you for um, for being there, being supportive uh of, of what we're doing so uh we'll be back and if, if you're listening to this thank you for listening make sure you also download three count on tuesday you're going to enjoy the topics all right so with that we will see you back in a minute if you're watching us or we'll see you tuesday peace Vegas bad boys of podcasting